0: Welcome to the podcast show that we have taken on the name, What Do I Say? And we're excited for another episode with you and want to thank you for listening. Uh, My name is Ryan, and I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope Church, and I'm joined by another New Hope pastor. This is Tom. Hi. And we uh, are excited for the topic today uh, as we are going to get into a sermon series here this fall at New Hope Church uh, where we're focused on family and marriage parenting and grandparenting and we're looking forward to that for the months of September and October and along with that we want to offer uh, we are offering an adult class as well as a series of podcasts and this is one of several that will be coming your way that we hope uh, will encourage you and build up your marriage and your family relationships Today, we're gonna be taking on a topic that uh, applies to all of us, but we're gonna be focusing on marriage with this, but no matter what station of life you're in, this is something for you. We're gonna be taking on the topic and talking about protecting your marriage in the area of purity. So purity really is our focus today, and it's worth talking about. It's mentioned obviously many times in scripture, but we also recognize that the world or culture that we live in doesn't value purity in the same way. In fact, I think we could point to examples where purity is mocked in current culture. But as we get started to lay a foundation of why we think this is really important, I, I wanna, we want to get into two initial ideas to lay this groundwork. The first one is the idea that purity really is protection. In other words, God is good and God calls to purity. And purity is about the pursuit of not engaging sin. You see, sin contaminates, it destroys, and it leads to death of everything it touches. Whether that's faith or relationships, health, joy, purpose, and on, it destroys and kills everything that it touches. And so in light of that, I think we should want to pursue purity in our life because we want to protect. We want to protect what we love, who we love, and what we consider valuable.
1: I got a question for you, Ron. Uh, Why do you think purity is mocked? What's going on culture-wise? And why is this going on?
0: There's There's a lot going on in the hearts of men. There's a lot in women. There's a lot going on in terms of our spiritual warfare and our, our enemy, who has blinded the minds of people and is leading culture uh, away from Judeo-Christian principles found in Scripture. We we see this this trend uh, in our culture here in the United States for for sure. And um, look, I think many people on just on a base level, sin can be fun. Sin can be considered enjoyable in the moment. Sin can be something that I internally want. The temptation is there, and so I run hard after it. After all, who knows what's it going to hurt? What damage does it cause? It's my life. It's my body. And all these rationales that we have to do the things that ultimately, simply, we want to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: without any consideration of of the Lord. But when a person comes to know Christ as their Lord and Savior really their worldview does change and it should change as we look at scripture, as we desire to know and honor God. And he puts in pleasant boundaries in our life, doesn't he? Ones that will provide for us and protect us as a good and loving father. And we have to learn those things Mm because the temptation doesn't just go away. It's there. And so, so we, we should, we should look, I think we should want to have protection around our lives. I, like, I appreciate having locks on the doors of my house. I appreciate having things that are in place that protect the things that are valuable to me. And I think too, deep in the heart of us, there is something that we do value and we love and long for things that are pure. For example, I have a water filtration system at my house because I really think clean water matters to physical health. This morning, I was packing a lunch for my daughter Ashlyn And was making, pull out the lunch meat to make a sandwich. What if it was sort of rotten and spoiled? You know, old lunch meat. Eh, what difference does it make? And I threw it on her sandwich and sent her off to lunch. Off to lunch? Off to school to (laughs) enjoy her lunch. Well, no, a good, as a good dad or a good person, you, you wouldn't do that. You want to provide good things for the people that you love. The bottom line is that there is protection in purity. I think another point that, Tom, I'd love for you to share on is the idea of who God is and what he's calling us to.
1: Yeah, and then there's a couple of passages, I think, that are helpful. Uh, one is in Romans 1, where it talks about what may be known about God as plain to them because God has made it plain to them. And then it goes on to talk about the worship of God. And that says, although they, referring to mankind, although they neither... Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so that whole aspect, just of the reality were we're made in the image of God, but we're sinful and we're given toward, in our natural state, given toward the worship of things and the natural actions and manifestations of the body. And so, on the one hand, there's the worship of idols, idolatry, all throughout the Old Testament. We read about this, and then Romans 1 just talks about the continuation of that pattern right through biblical times to the present day. So, another way of thinking about that is asking the question, who are we trying to please? Which is another way of saying, what are we worshiping? And so, 1 Thessalonians 4 the Apostle Paul, as he's giving instructions on the way to live, the way to be a church, the way to be a person who pleases God, he says, We instructed you how to live in order to please God as, in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. And then jumping down to verse 3, he says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified or holy, as we've been talking about, or pure, that you should avoid sexual immorality, each one of you should learn to control his own body, in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And so, that, again, that delineation of knowing God versus not knowing God, and asking that question, and you know, just personalizing it for myself, for every one of us. Just saying, mm, who am I trying to please today, this hour, this time, in my house, out and about? What I hear. What I see, who am I really worshiping, and who am I really trying to please? Is it me or God?
0: And Tom, I really appreciate it because you highlighted there in, in what you just shared that purity is not just about physical or sexual purity. I mean, that's a big part of it. But but there's emotional purity. There's social or relational purity. There's purity in our thought life. There's, there's, there's so many dynamics and aspects mm-hmm. where this shows up. And we need to be vigilant with this because it really does come down to worship, as you just talked about. And uh, look, we live in a world that accepts and celebrates sin. No big deal. And yet, again, as followers of Christ, there's that, that vigilance to say, no, he's called me to live different. And in that, though there may be challenges, there is joy and purpose in God's blessing as we pursue that.
1: You know, I think one of the reasons why sexual purity is one of the aspects of biblical truth and biblical purity is because it is such a strong um, passion within us. And so I think that's one of the reasons why it's hit upon within Scripture.
0: And one of the reasons we're going to take some special time in this podcast and zero in on that topic. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Well, a couple of thoughts as we continue on to maybe as listeners to reflect on uh, in your own life, some convictions for you to form. And one of them that Tom and I would love to to share with you is just the reminder that the ways of the world are not always the best ways. Let me give you an example. In Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 2 and 3, it says, This is what the Lord says. He says, do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the sky, though the nations are terrified by them, for the customs of the people are worthless. Strong words there and a good reminder. See, culture may scream a lot of messages at any one of us, and we're bombarded constantly by messages. Messages like live for the moment, so that instant gratification, which as one example, can lead to financial uh, trouble and bad decisions or live for the sensual or, you know, stay in the relationship as long as it satisfies you. Sort of this contract view of, of a marriage or engagement or dating relationship. Um, pretend marriage, like living together outside of marriage, is beneficial. Stats don't support that. Or even things maybe not as sort of big, but like an R-rated movie. A few clicks on a website a little flirting like what's the big deal well what we do is we crack the front door of our life and those of our loved ones that are impacted by our life to destruction so I want to suggest to us in light of this that every temptation every thought that comes from within us or a temptation that comes from within or outside of us, that we need to evaluate that by the truth of Scripture. We need to bring that back to, okay, this message that is being communicated on a sitcom television show or a movie I went to go watch and enjoy, what is it teaching me? And what is it saying about this area of life or any other? And I think something else, and Tom, you touched on this already that is needed, is that we need to value purity more than we enjoy sin.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just going back to that aspect, that word I mentioned, passionate. Like, I've asked myself when I go to a football game and I just yell my head off for the Hawkeyes. I mean, my son went with me to a football game and he said, Dad, you're crazy. (laughs) And and, uh, (laughs) I mean, what he was saying was I was just yelling for the defense through the whole game. And it's like, if we're not, passionate then we're not really expressing who we are but just asking the question what are we passionate about who are we passionate for and it all spills over and all these other areas of our life
0: yeah because if we're not passionate if we're not convinced or if it's not a conviction we're probably not going to pursue it very hard are we yep and again, we'll, we'll crack that front door of our life open to all kinds of things. And, and I think bottom line, too, is that you look at culture and how it's defining marriage and the marriages that are just sort of around, around your neighborhood, or people in the workplace, or just wherever you sort of live and relate and know people, marriages are struggling. Mm-hmm. It's not like culture's got it all figured out. It's not like the way they're trying to live it out is working very well. And so coming back to God's plan for marriage, coming back to God's ways that he has outlined, this is how I want you to live because I love you, because I want good for you. I want you to have a good marriage. I want you to have a good family uh, dynamics. I, I want That's his heart. That's what he wants. And so with his commands, uh, there's protection and there's provision. Mm-hmm. In all of that, and that includes purity. Let's Let's move on from that idea though, and really zero in on sexual purity. Something we've already acknowledged is is sort of the high level. It's the thing we most often think about. And we, we really are addressing the marriage relationship, but or not but, but I, I, I would say that sexual purity in marriage, just to kick this off, it's a really big deal. Like thinking about this way, that sex is God's wedding gift to a couple and he doesn't give cheap gifts. Like it's really an important, it's an important gift. It has an important role in our lives, but it's intended to be given and to be used in the marriage relationship. In other words, it's not like, you know how sometimes people are talking about when it comes to purity, like, well, how far can I go? How far can a couple go kind of a thing and not cross the line? It's not about crossing the line. It's about the right time. And the right time is when you're married. And that's not what culture says. I mean, culture culture says that sex is God. And we've already talked about this. It, it is worship. Colossians 3, you'd mentioned already that sexual immorality is, it calls it idolatry. It is worship of a false God. And we see that because we see... Far too many in culture, that is where their heart is. That is where their money goes. That is where their time, attention, all of that is in pursuit of this physical gratification uh, and, and sex.
1: That is the god of the age. Yeah, that we're, I mean, us. we're bombarded with this 24 hours a day. Wherever you go, you turn on the television and just, yeah, it comes at us all the time. It
0: does. So, so you have sex as God, but then then you get into scripture and you begin to follow Jesus. And what that teaches is sex is not God. It is a gift. There is one God and it is not sex. It is it is a gift, that biblical view. And so, so you know, obviously sex is for procreation, but but it's so much more than that. And, and that's part of the gift that it is. And when it comes to husband and wife and, and marriage, I think there's two issues that, that surface. And one is to use the analogy further the wedding gift gets opened far before the wedding in other words it's it's abusing the gift for something it was never intended for it's it's not sex is not like bowling or pickleball it's just just an activity like a hobby that that is just to be enjoyed there's purpose behind it there is symbolism behind it there is intense bonding between two people through it and That is God's design for it, which he touches on in 1 Corinthians 6. This is worth reading just a few verses from here because what we do with our body in this area is incredibly important. 1 Corinthians 6, I'm going to read verse 13 and then verses 18 to 20, where Paul writes, he says, The body is not meant for sexual immorality. It's meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Now jumping to verse 18. He says, Flee. From sexual immorality. In other words, sprint. Not not hang around, not dabble in, not just a little bit here and a little bit there, or full bore. It's to flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. There's so much in there. It, it's, not, it's not just a body, and it's not just an innocent activity. The Lord says, look, if you are a follower of Christ, that body you have is a temple. And if you think about the Old Testament temple, God had strict, just, you know, I mean, um, prescriptions for what was to be done there and not done there and everything was to be pure and everything was to be honorable the holy spirit who lives in you you are not your own jesus Mm -hmm. died for you and so so we we have our bodies but we need to honor god with the bodies that he's given us we need to honor our spouse with The body that he has given to you and when you when you marry somebody that's part of your covenant commitment is to do so um when we give ourselves to sex outside the boundary of marriage we 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 open ourselves up and i think there's a degree we always carry a certain amount of shame guilt and regret there there is hurt there there's damage there that takes place but within the boundary of marriage there's freedom and God's blessing. So I think oh, that's have, one. We have issue
1: experiences that can and history and things that we need to work through with the Lord and sometimes with other people. To, like you say, um, all those things are mixed up, and so it's important to just bring those things before the Lord and then enter in, like you said, wholeheartedly with our spouse.
0: The other thing, though, when this topic, especially with marriages, is it isn't like you get married and then you don't ever have to think about the topic of purity anymore. It's just as vigilant after you say, I do. Because sometimes there's impurity in the marriage relationship that is ushered in and causes incredible damage in that marriage. Uh, like for example, Hebrews thirteen four, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. Now, see, you read something like that, and I think what naturally comes to mind is adultery and whatnot, and that's right, that's fine. But I think it's more. There's more going on there. Like for example, I think I think a wise husband and a wise wife is wise to how they spend time with people of the opposite sex. Maybe you have to travel for work. Maybe you are in situations where you're alone with a person. I know for me personally, I don't get in cars and travel with any woman.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will group. I have the same you kind know, of approach.
0: Um, if I meet with a lady in my office, the door is open. Or if it doesn't have to be, there's glass. And I'm making sure we're sitting in very visible spots. It's just being wise to, to the places where you go. Uh, Being careful with what you engage with. I mean, to be frank, and this could be a whole other podcast. In fact, it was one at one point, but porn kills marriages. It is not innocent viewing, it is destructive. We need to be careful about that. Do you remember that song as a little kid? I won't sing it, but um, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see, and on it goes. Yeah. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, you do remember.
1: I mean, I remember it later because I didn't really grow up in a context where we heard that song, but later on. Fair enough. It. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it goes on, like, be careful little ears, what you hear. Right.
0: Be careful little feet where you go. I mean, there's just all these verses, right? It just yeah. keeps going. And and it's a cute song for for kids, and, but we need it too. Like, we as adults need to be aware, aware of what we're doing I'm aware of what we're listening to. Um, It's not just a computer screen. It's your television screen. It's novels and books that you might pick up and read along the way. What has your heart? What has your attention? And what are you engaging with that we are cautious uh, with that? Or how about this one? Watch out for ways and places where you are discontent, where your heart is unsettled, where you move into this mindset of an I deserve mindset. And think about that in relation to your spouse. They're not meeting my needs the way I think they should. It's a very me-centered focus. Now, there's deep waters with that and worth talking it out with your spouse or even pursuing counseling. But, But my point here is paying attention to your heart. Because when you are discontent for whatever reason, then you will begin to think, I deserve to satisfy any various desires in ways that are not honoring to God or honoring to your spouse. And that can be is something like second and third looks, flirting, um, and, and obviously beyond that as well.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that happens after you're married a while is some of that initial excitement some of the initial what we would call quote quote falling in love the romance can just not be there like it should be and those are the times especially to be aware of where am I going what am I doing what's happening um, when I feel quote quote bored well, what's going on here and just addressing those things asking yourself those important questions and then entering back into significant relationship with your spouse is so important.
0: A lot of our problems is, and let's be very honest, we want our spouse to love us as much as we love ourselves
1: mm. and it's impossible. That's right. I mean, ultimately, what we need is God's love because we can't right. even love ourselves That's completely. Right.
0: Watch those ways, though, that we're very me-centered, my needs, my wants, my expectations. You don't satisfy me, so I'll go find my satisfaction somewhere else. And we open the door again to all kinds of things. And the scriptures have so many warnings about that. Like, like, let's heed, for those of us just on this podcast listening, that 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 Satan will take our impurity and he will absolutely use it as a foothold to destroy you. And to destroy your marriage relationship, your relationship with others, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with the Lord. First Peter 2.11 Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. That's a strong, strong verse. So abstain, not just from, there, there are good desires, and then there are sinful desires. And he's very specific, abstaining from sinful desires. We all know what that is. We all know it's like to have those desires. What do I do with them? But recognizing that that these desires, they are warring against your soul. We are in a battle. And if we don't think we're in a war, we're never going to win it.
1: Yeah, that's those are strong words.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we have an enemy and he relishes those moments and he'll take all that to absolutely um, destroy. And it's sort of like a fire in my fireplace. I like that it's nice it's warm and comforting and helpful man but that's outside of my fireplace that's destructive that'll burn my house down there's way too many houses metaphorically getting burned down because we're lighting fires all over and we don't even realize what we're doing
1: yeah i think this applies one time i had a fire I started in a fireplace i tried to put my christmas tree in there i about set my fireplace my whole house on fire i had to push that Christmas tree into the fireplace. And I, I, why, why I think it applies here is if that fire is coming out outside of the fireplace, get that back in there. I mean, you got to go strong Got it. We don't need to get off uh, onto that story. But my point is that you got to take action fast. Tom, I want to hear that story. When we're <laughs> yeah, I'll tell I'm you sorry. more about it.
0: If we are doing a video <laughs> podcast, you see me laughing right now, trying to picture that. Um, But you're right. You're absolutely right with that. See, within marriage, sex is that ultimate seal of commitment to one another. It is healthy and is good. But outside of marriage, it is a wedge. It will destroy. It will wreck. It will ruin anything from becoming a mature love and a healthy marriage relationship. So it's good to remember that. I think another warning that we see is that any relationship can involve sex but not every relationship can carry on a real conversation what i mean by that is sex if you're if you're listening to this and you're dating or you hope to date or get engaged or someday get married i mean just to remember that sex short circuits the timely process of a relationship needs to go through to build bonds of trust and honesty friendship and even spiritual intimacy sex just short circuits all of that and and you're not building a good foundation for for your marriage later on Um, and i already talked about this another warning is that sex outside of god's design it lays a foundation of fear and guilt or lack of respect those things get, get brought in, including even this thought. And I've met with people like in counseling situations. And this has been articulated because I'll have, for example, uh, a wife who will share, and she'll say that, look, if he was this way with me before we were married, in other words, you know, slept around and all that kind of, if he was this way with me before we were married, why won't he be with someone else the same way after we're married? Mm. That can be, that's a that's an important question. Like that's uh that's, but that, that has been that, that doubt that wondering has crept in because impurity was allowed and, uh, moving past God's design for that. I think too, I think, and I just see it with young couples, especially, but sex and sexual activity, I think it deceives a couple into thinking they're in love when maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, Because the bottom line is that love can stand without the support of physical intimacy. You can have a loving, healthy marriage relationship. And and when there's disabilities involved, that's the case without physical intimacy. Sex is important. It's not God. And it's not everything. And it's not even the most important thing in a marriage Mm -hmm. relationship. But we need to be aware. And we need to pursue with all of our heart of love for God and love for your spouse purity
1: yeah I mean there's many many different levels of a relationship and sexuality is just one part of spending life together talking having fun together doing work together uh, if God allows raising children together and multiple aspects of a marriage and sex becomes like the big thing. Whereas really it's really the outcome of everything else in a sense. It can also be the fire that ignites other aspects, but it's certainly not the thing that should dominate that's our right. marriage relationship.
0: So Tom, I think I think maybe a final topic that would be worth getting into is what what does a person do who might be listening to this podcast and who says, when I look at my past, I've made a lot of decisions. I regret in the area of purity and including sexual purity. I can't go back. Um, whether they're married today, whether they're not, how would you, what would you say to that person?
1: Yeah, I'd say, don't shut down and just stuff it. Find somebody, same uh men to men women women with women and talk about it pray it through confess it help each other to be accountable to one another all those aspects and there's lots of people would be glad to sit and talk with you and counsel with you pray with you and not to be so intimidated that there's nobody to talk to
0: and everything you said is so good, and it points to the idea of there's hope. Because I think there can be a message or a belief inside that I'm damaged goods, that I've blown it, that I'm not worthy of love, that I can never have a Christ-centered marriage because of either my past or my past with the person I'm with, whether you're married or engaged. But what we see in Scripture and the whole heart of the Gospel is, well, there may be consequences, And there may be damage that needs to be healed. And you just talked about that. And there certainly may be places to repent. Places to say, I need to do a 180 degree. If I'm living with somebody, I need to go home right now and pack my stuff. And I need to go. I need to make some real changes if the desire is to honor God and to have His blessing on that relationship. If I'm doing things that whether it's with my eyes, whether it's with my feet, whether it's my heart, that I would be quick and swift to say no more. But come, because see, God is merciful. And so come to him who is merciful and come to him who is gracious and come to him who can bring healing to your heart and to your relationship. Mm -hmm. But we have a first step to make and to say purity really matters. And I'm sick and tired of opening the door metaphorically of my life and my marriage to anything and anyone. I would not let my wife go on dates with people and open my front door to anybody who wants to come in my home and put a post on Facebook that, hey, the fridge is open and here's the code for this and watch whatever you want and come in. Like, we just don't do that, except we do. Mm-hmm. And so to say no more no more. I don't I don't want this. And so there is hope because of the gospel, there's hope because of Jesus, there's hope because of the cross. And we can we can experience that. Experience forgiveness, experience second chance relationship with him, and then healing in that relationship mm-hmm. if impurity has caused some damage.
1: You know, I think it's important also to say that we have some places here at New Hope Church where we can plug you in. If you can't find somebody to come alongside, we can help provide people who will come alongside you and encourage you, pray with you.
0: Yes. Individuals, pastors, and to your point, we've got some some great uh, small groups mm-hmm. that are that are really designed exactly for this yep. and uh, to help you and to walk alongside you. If you would like to engage more, uh, we would invite your emails. Uh, tom is at tom at newhopeadel.org and I'm ryan at newhope uh, adell.org and, and please engage with us. We, uh, we we appreciate the conversation and we also appreciate you listening today. Thank you, Tom, for joining together. And uh, again, we appreciate you listening and be on the lookout for future podcasts in our Marriage and Family Series. Thanks, everybody.